Hater. Flex and Frooms. The Flex and Frooms Catch Up Podcast. Flex and Frooms. It is Flex and Frooms on Cater. How much water do we need to drink to actually feel hydrated, not be hydrated? That is a question we will never have an answer to. I think it's two litres. To feel hydrated, not be hydrated. The only time I've ever felt super hydrated was when I was like guzzling so much water. I would say I probably had four liters and I couldn't stop peeing. I had a natural high and there was nothing like it. And I said, (laughs) there is something here. There is something with this. Isn't it crazy how doing things that you should do makes you feel amazing? But I couldn't do anything else but pee that whole day. So, Guys, I know this is consuming. I can't find the sparkly water bottle. I probably left it upstairs. It's gone missing. Up for the best. Welcome to the podcast. Let's go. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. I have a very important question for you, Miss Froomey. Please. It involves language and intention. If somebody uses the phrase, I'd prefer not to, is that passive, aggressive, or polite? Go with your your gut to begin with and we can unpack later on. I'm going to say right off the gut, right off the gut, I think it's, is it like passive? Is it passive? Is it quite aggressive in nature or polite? It depends on who's saying it, but my gut would say. Just generally, because we're not, it's it's a phrase. I guess it's polite then. Mm. But I don't hear it much in our colloquial language system in Australia. In Australia. I was thinking about it before because, as you know, I love language. I love figuring out different ways to communicate. And I find myself being hyper aware of when language isn't making sense. So, for example, today I asked you, do you want a coffee? And you said, I'm good. And it reminded me of a time where my childhood best friend's mum asked me if I wanted some food. And I said, no, I'm good. She said, is that a yes or a no? (laughs) And I said, it's a no. So she's like, okay, then say no, thank you. And I said, she's right, because I'm good. Yes, colloquially, we kind of know it means thank you for asking me, but I don't want any. But does it? Were you an impolite child? Um, No, I wasn't. But it just, different households. Like when you're 11 and you go to your friend's house and, you know, in my house, the most impolite thing you'd do would decline food and decline conversation. But in other households, to impose conversation onto the parent would be impolite. Yeah, children that are just a little too... Yeah, too comfortable calling them by their first name and all of these things, right? Like I call my mum by my first by her first name because we're buddies now. But culturally, that's very impolite. Right. You call everybody auntie, uncle. Right? And so with I'd prefer not to, I was thinking of a conversation that I had had with someone and they were asking me if I wanted to go somewhere and this was like an, an acquaintance or maybe like a party friend or something. And I thought about it and I was like, I just prefer not to. And I could tell by their face what I was communicating as polite was coming across quite impolite because it was a place that I knew that the people there aren't quite nice and it's always a bit of like a hubbub to go in and it's just a whole thing. So if, we, if, we, if you really want to go, I'll go, but I would just prefer not to. So what did you say again? I, I I just prefer not to, I reckon. And the whole, like in my head, it was it was the most honest, succinct way to say it. But I could just tell by their face, it sounded like stop asking me to do dumb things, <laughs> you bloody gunner. <laughs> it sounds like um when you don't want to sign up to an email when you're no. like on a website. I'd prefer not to. Prefer not to. I think 
Australians' use of language is unlike, like obviously every country, every place in the world has it differently, but like our sense of humour is so obvious in the way that we speak. Yeah. In uh, a way that, huh? Yeah. Like, like for example, yeah, nah was a big Oh, thing. yeah. Like I, I feel like to very Australianised Australians who have like assimilated into aquaculture, sure. Aquaculture, let's define it like that. Um, the mate v cunt paradox yeah, yeah, I hate that. is a big one. A very, It's a very kind of like a coarse, these things very much suit like a very coarse accent. Yeah, but also I know what people, like I don't like the C word, I, like, I'm like i vehemently opposed to it because I know that people do it for shock value. Mm. We have been so indoctrinated into appropriate speech that to use the C word, you know what you're doing. You want to appear like, I'm just an anarchist. Like, I don't really care. Or we say whatever, especially Australians interacting with people who aren't Australian. They think it's such a symbol of being cool and quirky. Even when my friends do it, I'm like, you think you're a big dog and it's coming across so grotty. So I wouldn't say it. I I try to say it with other people that say it. Obviously, I say it when I'm here, Um, but I try to... I don't know. It feels. It feels. I'm obviously very desensitized to it, um, and I almost think it's cute. But I can see. <laughs> but I will. I will be um, conscious of who I use it around because I know for some people it isn't cute. Yeah. Um, but like around the house, I'm gonna throw it around. You know. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. You're loose, you know. Yeah. I'm be crazy like that. Um, so I think it's like I. I feel like I've seen a TikTok which is like Australians say sure when like. Sorry, Americans say sure. Australians say what? Sure. (laughs) Whereas Australians say, yeah, no worries, no worries. Yes. And the Americans are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, No stress. It's like, uh. No stress. Yeah. So I think like you saying I'd prefer not to in terms of like I've never. It almost sounds so indirect, like so passive aggressive, but it is actually so direct. Like I'm saying exactly what I mean. I would prefer not to. It's not a no. So like if you ask me, do you want to eat again? I prefer not to, but if we're if we're going out to dinner, like it's so formal. It sounds like British or something. Yeah, perhaps. I prefer not to. But the more that I the more that I speak, the more that I use language, I just don't feel like we're using colloquial language well. I think it gets to a point of obsolescence where what we're saying has no meaning outside of the context. People who understand like the drink is drinking funny. It's transcended so far out of the realm of normal sense that I don't think people realize that they don't know how to speak anymore. And so when they're encountering plain speech, it's far more cryptic than me than for me to say, that outfit eats. I see, I see, I see. It's like you know exactly what I'm saying there. But if I said, you know, um, that's a, a, I prefer not to, you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's like it's like an inside joke, that kind of language. But that's what I'm saying. It should be an inside joke. But now it's transcended. People, you know, they're doing the millennials, Gen Z in the workplace memes because I don't think that we're aware of communication as a tool. Like, it, you should be trying to speak in a way that when the message lands with the recipient, it's understood. And I feel like a lot of us don't take that care. But it's also different across, like, where you are and who you're speaking to, right? So, like... It should be, but I don't think it is. I mean, like, like you said with the C word, I would take care to not say it in front of certain people. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. But I think that what ends up happening is, and this is a, a slight caveat... 
that people forget that language is to help people understand you, not to exclude them. And it goes for most, like, speaking in a way that's far too academic or speaking in a way that's, like, almost too sarcastic. Like, all of this distances Mm. the person from, like, getting involved. But that, the situation I'm talking about in particular was such an interesting one because I was like, I don't know how to say this any, I can say it differently, but I wonder if you would, if she would believe me in that moment. I think a way that, like, if I was, if I felt the same sentiment as you and I wanted to say it, I would, I would go the route of, like, putting it back on myself. I'd be like, oh, oh, no, I reckon, like, oh, no, what would I even say? If so I don't, let's like, say I'm trying to, like, we have plans to go somewhere, somewhere, dinner, drinks, bar, whatever, and you're like, oh, what about this place? And you're, like, really excited by it. Or what if I'm like, oh, what about yeah. this place? And I'm like, oh, what about this? And you're like, of all the places you want to go, that it sits quite low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would yeah. you say? I'd say, oh, I actually reckon like my voice goes up mm. when I'm like trying, and I'll put it back on myself. And say what? Oh, I reckon, oh, I feel like, have you been to this place? Mm, the deflect. What would you do, Brookie? Leave bruise out of this one. <laughs> Yeah, only one person must be implicated at a time here on the Flex and Frim show. It's tricky, though, because plain speech is not considered plain and convoluted language. We're we're assuming we understand, but do we really? Do you know what, though? I must say, when I saw this, it just made me think, you know those tests that you have and it's like, yes, no, prefer not to say? And (laughs) I always thought it was so (laughs) passive-aggressive. Prefer not to say. Yeah, I I guess it's one of those things where we, we don't say it. We might read the phrase, but you're not saying, I'd prefer not to. It's like pleading the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Pleading the fifth. What's that? Oh, bruv. Bruv. It's not, wait, wait. We're, one, not, we're not at education. One final thing. No, of course. Um, I don't like how website nowadays are talking as people. Like I'll go on like, I think it's like pretty little things, something they're like, hey, doll. I'm like, you're blurring the lines. Like I need you to communicate properly and then use the internet, like the us use the, the common everyday man. Mm. Use the internet, and speech. that's the issue with inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be using the same language, and it, but it's interesting because, right? Like, imagine being um, a non-native English speaker, babes. Yeah, the average English speakers barely have a, gr- a grip on what they're communicating and why. If I if I said, explain to your mum what it gives means, yeah, she'd be having a hard time. But you'd be having a hard time. What does it gives mean? Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. That is the definition of a club word. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to stay in its in, in its little ecosystem. Yeah, I've really got to push myself. I get it when I'm like I find it easier to be more discerning with my words when I'm writing, which is something I often say to you. Mm. But even the things that you and I say to, to each other on the show, we have a particular language that listeners would know now because yeah. they've been listening to us since the inception. Knock, knock. Nudge, nudge, friends. You can always go back into the discography. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I like that you like language because it's something that we use that we don't really think about. Yeah. But what's the point in liking language if nobody understands? I <laughs> trying to communicate. Gosh, I haven't had a good cry in ages. Babe, get on it. Yeah. I can kick you under the table if you like. No, I want, I want one, like, an emotional one, like, at my core. No, no, take it back. That's Sorry. like when I was, like, a few months ago, I really want to, like, have a crush and, like, get my heart broken. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it back. 
You with Flex and Frooms. <laughs> Actually, bye. Bye. Kata. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. Am I the asshole for giving my new boss difficult feedback? This is the question we're answering today on Flex and Frooms. Listen to this. I have a new boss. They're about four months in. She's very experienced, though not in our specific industry, but her skills are very transferable and I can see why she got the job. I think when she gets a bit more specific experience here, she'll be very good and I have a lot of respect for her. At the moment, though, she's still in a watch and learn mode and is shadowing us and asking our opinions on things, which is better than arrogantly assuming she knows better than people who've done it here for years. I'm pleased she's here and I want to support her. We've just had a team meeting and at the end, she asked for feedback on her performance and anything she should start or stop. Slippery slope. <laughs> never. <laughs> like me when I wanted people to send in the annoying words that we use. Yeah, I never. Was on one. <laughs> Everybody else was really effusive. What does effusive mean? Uh, friendly, easy. Effusive is to be friendly and easy and polite. Okay. I like that. It says showing or expressing gratitude, pleasure or approval in an unrestrained or heartfelt manner. Okay. So like, yeah, yeah. Helping her along. Yeah. Everyone else was really effusive about her people skills and how she's making an effort to learn all the processes, but no real constructive feedback. I decided to be open and honest. And I said, I agreed about her people skills, but I thought that she needed to become more decisive about some things, more general transferable things and stop trying to always seek a consensus because it was making our meetings take too long. She looked a bit upset initially, but then asked some questions about what I said and summarized her understanding. I thought the message had got through and I felt she would try and act on the feedback. Since then, my colleagues have been angry with me and said I was trying to bully her and was being totally unreasonable given how long she's been here. I think I was answering her request for feedback in good faith, but I'm now worried that I wasn't due to her response. Am I the asshole? Listen here. If feedback is asked, feedback must be given. (laughs) It's better to do it in this forum than like let stuff build up and then do it in a way that's not professional. You can hide behind the guise of professionalism and um, inverted commas, constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Just always with these kind of things, I would think about is the impact on you worth sharing because people yeah. don't like to change and people yeah. in um, positions of power don't like to be wrong. So I would just think about yourself. Don't think about quick <laughs> retribution. Don't think about a little sting because at the end of the day, they've got the power over you. And so to appease the boss is what I would do if I'm just thinking about myself and not the workers around me because something you might want to do if everyone's getting mistreated is take one for the team and call it out. But what does that make you? Fireable. Fireable. Join your union now. (laughs) Look, have I said it before? I'll say it again. Nobody (laughs) likes feedback. Nobody likes advice even if they've asked for it. It's just the way it works. You might be open to hearing it, a bit of storytelling, you know, (laughs) a bit of fun. People like sharing thoughts when people share thoughts, but feedback specifically, no, because as you said, it puts someone in a position where they feel as though they need to defend themselves or justify themselves, and it's never good. In this instance, it was requested. Yes, And you'd be foolish not to take the opportunity to just get it out. Her co-workers think it's too soon. But like you said, Frumi, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Because it's not something that she's aware of. She could switch it up today and be like, oh, I didn't know you guys wanted that. Amazing. I can change now. And if it's something that she's not aware of, then fantastic. It's something that we can work towards and build. I would say in this instance, though, it is a slippery slope managing upwards. 
Yeah. Because once you start, you don't stop. Now you're the capable employee. She's going to be leaning on you, asking for what do you think and what do you want to do and what should we do next? And and uh, um, let's let's call on this person again. And now you're sharing the role. When and then the other employee would just go along with it and enjoy and, vibe. and reap the benefits <laughs> of your pushing forward. So exactly like Frumi said, think about yourself. Be selfish. Think best case scenario. As every action that you take in life determines the role you play. So now that you've stepped up and you've decided that you're going to be the person who says things when people won't, it's now the role that you've been bestowed. I think you can take it back. You eventually. can take it back. It's early, yeah. early days. You can yeah. take it back. But if you're going to continue, then it becomes your role and then it gets boring. Yeah. Just enjoy your life. Just enjoy your life, love. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. Froomey has an announcement for us. I don't know where Panama is. I've never been good at geography. And did I ever take a history lesson? No. I was doing the creative arts and also home ec. And it shows. That's okay. I'm a- Same though. What is home ec and creative arts? Yeah. Well, mine was more learning how to be a waiter, um, learning how to make at coffee. School. Year 12, learn how to be a waiter and make coffee. On campus. Correct. On the school grounds. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People, heaps of people do home ec. That's like a typical subject. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do very well at it, actually. And my my teacher and I had a love-hate relationship. Like you could tell that she thought I was really funny, but she also despised me. I really sent her to the end of her tether, but I got her a present at the end of the year. So What did you get her? Maybe a candle. It's kind of hard buying a present for a teacher. I said, Froomey's got an announcement for us. You start talking about Panama. <laughs> I meant me morning, being a morning person. <laughs> it was a setup. Um... Everybody listening, listening, particularly you, Flexi, I have recently become a morning person. How many days in are we? Uh, two weeks. That is amazing. For the past eight years, I have not woken up before 8am. Okay. That's still the morning though. Yeah. 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 But like, for example, when I worked a full-time job, I would get up eight at the earliest because I lived a two-minute walk from work, right? So I'm getting up, getting to the office at nine, then hanging around, getting a coffee, then getting into the day, right? It's pretty breezy. So you're like a, a super morning person because I would start waking up at nine and call myself a morning person. Pretty separate. What time did you wake up? 4.30. No. Yeah. Why? Em- employment. Exactly. What I'm saying is, yeah, people who have full-time jobs that want to get stuff done before work, particularly- I have a full-time job. <laughs> People who work regular office hours <laughs> that have to commute to an office and have a boss. and You're looking at her. <laughs> I look at myself every day. You're foiling me. Do you go home with your boss? <laughs> no. I hear you. I hear you. You hear me. You hear me. Yeah. Um, but then. So Why? I, I don't know. It's like something came over me and I've just been getting up. My alarm's been going off at 6.10 every morning and I've been trotting down, hobbling down to watch the sunset wherever I live. I get a coffee. Wherever I live. <laughs> I've talked to myself enough. And I've just been sitting down, having my coffee in the sunrise. I give myself two hours. I read a book. I write notes. I rehearse for things. I get a lot of thoughts that come to me. I don't bring my phone. <gasps> I go for a dip and I frolic in the ocean oh. for about 20 minutes. It's good exercise as well, going up the waves, going mm. down the waves. And I have never in my life had – I've got energy. You do. Don't I? I must say, for the first year of being here at Cater. I was giving dishevelled. Obviously, there's still a bit of a mess abounds. But, but I energetically, in. far less dishevelled. Oh, for sure. I actually know what's happening now. Um, yeah. 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 I just want to say, 
not all hope is lost if you're not a morning person, but I also don't want to foist morning person propaganda onto people who aren't because for my whole life, getting up at 10 for the last year, people, you know, friends are like, oh, you're up early if I get up before 8. You're, you're being passive aggressive respectfully. Like just because you want to get up early, this is my lifestyle. So I just want to say I'm really enjoying myself and I'm teaching myself that you can always make new habits, good or bad. There's no piousness. <laughs> Leave the door open for both. <laughs> yeah. There should be no piousness attached to getting up at six because the minute that I start putting restrictions on myself and making this a part of my personality is the minute it doesn't become fun. I'm coming into this with curiosity, which is what you should do with most new endeavours, I believe. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.